journey. It's time to talk with Liz and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm drinking the sea salt caramel coffee from Cameron's and I'm loving it. We better start getting some like sponsorship money from these folks because we talk their coffee up a lot. It's good. It's good. And I don't, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it whether or not I'm getting paid to enjoy it. So I figured I might as well share. You know, that is a really inefficient way to operate in a capitalist society. I'm not operating in it. I'm not playing the game. I'm opting out. Good transition. So let's talk about people who are playing a motherfucking game. COVID testing is a big thing right now. Obviously, we've had, like, what, 170,000 Americans at this point die in the United States in, like, five months. The economy is all fucked up. Uh, people have been losing their jobs. I've been laid off twice. People still think it's a hoax. People still think it's a hoax. People still refuse to wear masks. I actually had a, a dream last night that was, like, a horror movie dream where I was, like, trying to navigate a parking lot of people who were not wearing masks and not socially distancing, and I was like... Ducking and dodging. Yeah, ducking and dodging and, you know, uh, beelining and whatnot. So I saw a story recently on The Cut. Well, first I saw it on a meme, and then I was like, I need to research this. And so I looked it up, and I found an article on The Cut that talked about how wealthy folks in the Hamptons are having parties, and part of the admission to these parties is to take a COVID test to prove that you're not going to, like, infect everybody. And so they have rapid response, like 30-minute COVID tests at these parties so that rich people can party. And here I am. I've had to take a COVID test to, because I was exposed uh, to COVID by somebody at work. And I had to wait three days to get a test. And then I had to wait, what, another six to get results, right? Well, shit. Like, who does that help, really? Like, and, and how efficient is that? It, like... Like, during that time, I'm not working. During that time... And, and also, like, does it even really matter if we're waiting that long? Because, like, maybe I get re-exposed again. Maybe I don't do a great job of, of keeping myself socially distanced or quarantined. Or, you know, maybe I get some delivery food or something. And, like, I don't know. the You know, just a week to get results back is ridiculous. And for rich people to be spending however much money they're spending on rapid response tests just so that they can party, I think is a really good illustration of late stage capitalism of like how absurd all of this is. If you've got money, do whatever you want. If you're poor, just keep working until you die because we need you to die to keep the economy going is how it feels. You didn't mention the cost of your test. Oh, so the first one that I got was free. And then if I wanted to get a second one, it was $250. And I needed this test so that I could go back to work. So you didn't pay for the test you got? Not the first one, no. Okay. No, because the... So where we are in northeastern Kansas, I was able to find a place that would do them for free. But then when I needed a second one, they were booked out for more than a week. And so then I went and looked at other places, and the only places that I could find that were doing COVID tests were for-profit private health clinics that were charging 250 bucks a pop. And I basically had to like run the woman through the ringer on the phone to be like, do I, the patient, pay anything out of pocket for this? 
And I had to go back and forth with her like five times before she finally admitted, yes, you as someone without insurance would have to pay $250. Normally we would just bill your insurance company and you would negotiate it with them. And I was like, yeah, no, no, no. And you and I have been through this before when I had my surgery. Uh, I had leg surgery like a year and a half ago. And you and I saw firsthand how, how difficult it is in, in our current healthcare system to get any sort of indication of what something's gonna cost prior to the procedure. Getting a straight answer, getting it mm -hmm. from the nurses, getting it from the people that you're, who are telling you what procedure you need, those are not the people who necessarily know how much those things are gonna cost. And how messed up is that? Like, And like, so, yeah, so when uh, you're asking questions preemptively, trying not to be charged for something that you can't afford, they can't actually answer your question. So you're being like constantly redirected and shuffled around to some finance department who's like, who doesn't actually know what's going on with you. So it's like trying to explain and like the burden is really on the patient to advocate for themselves to multiple people in order to get the answer so that they're not in medical debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that what you saw with me? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's by design too. You know, you, you ask the doctor, you know, the person who's going to be performing the surgery, who's probably performed similar surgeries. I don't know hundreds, if not thousands of times before, Hey, how much is this going to cost? And this person has no idea. And then a nurse says, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't know because he doesn't deal with billing. I think that that sort of stuff is by design. I mean, it is, but what's that called when everyone is so compartmentalized that like no one knows the other oh, geez. sector, but there's a word for it, I'm sure. But that's the way our healthcare system is in the emergency room. They couldn't tell me what it was going to cost for me to get certain little things done. But like it's the emergency room. They, I just need. They it couldn't done. even tell us how much it would cost to stay one night. Right. And so people in crisis situations, or people who don't know how to advocate for themselves and within the healthcare industry, you say yes because you, they're the authority on what's best for your health. In certain situations, your your life might be on the line. Like, exactly. The the power dynamic in that transaction is so in favor of the medical professional that you as the consumer really don't have any choice. Like your your choices in certain situations are die or be severely injured or pay lots of money or maybe not pay lots of money because i don't know suddenly like the hospital decides to forgive it you know like out of right. nowhere and the onus is really on you to figure out is it worth advocating for myself in this situation and it's uncomfortable we have a personal example remember when i was going in for like a routine checkup on my leg which was broken prior mm -hmm. to my surgery and i chose to ask the nurse multiple times, how much does this x-ray cost? Does mm -hmm. this x-ray cost extra money? Mm -hmm. And you were kind of like, why do you keep asking her that? She already told you. And to me, that was such a crucial moment because I kept asking because I knew I was going to get some extra charge. She was like, no, no. And then weeks later, I'm getting this, I get billed for it. Uh-huh. No, and I, I actually feel a lot of shame about that moment because I recognize now that I was letting my discomfort with the situation influence something that definitely needed to happen. And yeah, so and you I, were right. I, I don't want you to, I, I appreciate that that was a learning moment, but that's all I view it as. To me, it shouldn't be like a shameful event. That was like a key memory, like a key event of what it's really like to navigate healthcare. We both mm -hmm. learned from that experience, right? Yeah. That helps inform me knowing what it's really like for other people, because I was a really well-educated patient mm -hmm. who has some experience navigating healthcare, who's mm -hmm. worked in on that kind of side before. So I kind of knew what to do. It really made me feel for people who don't know what to do. 
And so now we're talking about in the time of this pandemic, I guess what we're trying to say is the medical industry is not on your side. No. And definitely not now when people need these COVID testings to like go back to work. Un unless you're a major investor or a CEO or like a high level employee in the companies that are profiting off of this public health crisis, you're just being taken advantage of. That's just the way that it is. You know, I, I saw something earlier, you know, when, when this whole thing first got started, there was talk of, oh, we need to develop a faster test, da da da, da. like, you know, and then, well, what's it going to cost? And you, you saw like a guy in Florida getting $6,000 bill for getting a COVID test, right? You know, the, you saw lots of stories like that at the very start. And I did a little bit of digging and I didn't realize how vaccines were developed in the United States. Like the National Institute of Health, like our, our country's health like service they spend hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars developing the technologies that are eventually used to develop these vaccines and like other drugs and things like that so really taxpayer money is being used to develop the technology to do these things and then some private corporation gets a monopoly on it or like a pseudo monopoly where there's maybe only one or two competitors and they use all of that taxpayer funded research to then industrialize the production of a vaccine, and then they get to charge whatever they want for it. That seems really backwards to me. If our public health service used taxpayer money to develop technology, shouldn't that just go to the taxpayers right. at cost? Right. Like, why? what did this company do to deserve a monopoly on something that we need? right now this is not bullshitting around i want to buy a gucci purse this is i'm deathly ill and i need a test or i'm i'm at risk and i need a vaccine you know it's it's these are not luxury purchases these are necessities and just some multinational multi-billion dollar drug company gets to have a fucking monopoly or pseudo monopoly over this technology who's making money on this that's the only way that I can think of that it that this is this system is the way that it is because some people are getting so enriched that it is it, it, it makes sense for it to be so screwed up. That's the only thing that I can come to. I mean that's what makes sense in our capitalist society though, right? That's why we don't have co free COVID testing for all of our citizens and other countries do. Yeah, I mean, fuck, who was it? I some some sub-Saharan Africa African country developed a 30-minute test like 2 months ago. You know, like Isn't there one in Italy as well. Or somewhere I, else? I, I've seen a handful pop up since then. Like things were really crazy at the start. People getting like having to pay thousands of dollars for for just a test. And now it's like I, another one. I saw Israel developed a I think it's a 15 minute you blow into a tube test. That was it. Israel, not Italy. Yeah. And and they just gave it to all of their people for free. And they started doing contact tracing at like really hardcore and didn't charge their people for that. Like, why is it society's responsibility to, to pay more when they've already paid so much to develop the technology? I think that's so indicative of how our American capitalist society works that that's, it's seen as not an option here. Of course the people are gonna pay for the tests kind of a thing. And our citizens are so bought into the way the system works that they don't question that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like no. yeah, it I should it. feel like an injustice that we're having to pay for these tests that especially working class people are having to pay money they don't have for these tests in, in order to go back to work to do essential jobs during the pandemic. 
that should be an injustice, but we're, our citizens are so bought in that it it's like, of course we're going to have to pay this much money. We're, we're used to having to spend an exorbitant amount of money and an exorbitant proportion of our income on basic health care needs, even though we live in the United States. God, this kind of tracks in a trend that I just noticed, but the lower down on the socioeconomic ladder you are, the more that you have to pay just to have a job. For example, I used to work at a bar, right? And we're all required to wear certain shirts. Well, so the first shirt is free, but if you want another shirt on top of that, then you need to pay $25. So if you don't want to be doing laundry every day, you're going to pay $25, $50, $75 so that you have enough shirts to make it through, I don't know, as many days as you don't want to do laundry. So unless you're going to be spending money on laundry detergent and time doing laundry every day for your one shirt, you're going to spend money on those shirts. Well, okay, that's cool throw on top of that having to pay for my own covid test because one of the bartenders exposed the whole bar to covid so i get the privilege of giving my labor to an employer some capitalist healthcare company wants me to pay 250 dollars for a test just nickel and dime me to death for christ's sake i've worked at tech companies you know where they get sold for 150 million dollars and nobody wore a fucking uniform everybody gets to work from home like uh-huh. the, 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 the higher you get on the socioeconomic ladder, the less you have to deal with the shit, the more comfortable you are and the more that you just exploit the people on the lower rungs. Well, and the higher up you, depending on whether or not you were born into that privilege as well, you're not aware of how expensive it is to be poor. You can be truly oblivious to how, I mean, isn't that the saying like it's expensive to be poor, it's more expensive to be poor or something like that, like mm-hmm. in our society? Well, it makes me think of... Uh, uh, Arrested Development, Lucille Booth. How much can a banana cost? $9? I don't know. Right. She's just been rich for so long, she has no concept of what real things cost. Right. But when you're poor, you're spending, like, a disproportionate amount of your income on basic needs to, like, survive. Oh, for sure, yeah. And and sometimes just being poor, you get fined for that. Right. I read a book last year called Evicted. I think it's Profit and Poverty in America's Heartland or something like that, or America's Great Cities, something along those lines. Anyway, the the gist of it was about how if you're poor, you just have to pay extra money sometimes to just stay alive. Sometimes you, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you, you don't have money and then your water bill lapses, so then you get a fine for not paying your water bill, so now you have to pay more money to get your water turned back on, you know? And if you don't have your water turned on, you can't send your kids to school smelling all stinky because then they get sent home. And then if they get sent home over and over again, you get in uh, trouble with the truancy officer. And then you get fined for your child being truant. Like, it just, I know that that's kind of like a silly example, but like that type of stuff snowballs and puts people into a cycle of debt and poverty that they never get out of. Correct. So, getting back to this whole like rich folks in the Hamptons, you know wanting to party so hard that they're gonna take up rapid response tests that could be used for i don't know essential workers nurses people who actually deal with this shit no instead it's gonna be some you know berkshire hathaway vp some hedge fund manager some supermodel martha stewart you know like all those people are just gonna be like yeah i'll take a little swab wait 30 minutes while i'm drinking my my champagne and when i get the go ahead you know go party with all the rich people when you know, you you look at New York and the, you know, not far away and the whole city is in a state of emergency. You know, everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's wearing doing social distancing. The economy is completely fucked up. The world's burning around the Hamptons. 
And, but the Hamptons are just like, we're partying. But, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like there are two different realities, two different planes of reality going mm-hmm. on simultaneously in the United States all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Honestly, there's three. So the, rich, poor, and... And that middle, like, management class. Oh, uh, the who, professional managerial class, the PMCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. Where you're all kind of existing literally in your own realities with its own rules mm-hmm. and its own standards of living and ways that you operate in society because effectively and what we're talking about is effectively there's one healthcare system for poor people and then another for rich people there's one justice system system of courts for poor people and then there's another one for rich people right everything operates differently depending on it's it's a class system There's, there's one school system for poor people and then there's another for rich people right yeah yeah, really equal society. You know, when, when people talk about communists just want equality of outcome as the straw man to say that, you know, anything socialist or communist or anything left of center is bad. But then at the same time, they praise, you know, equal, or equality of opportunity, equality of opportunity. Everybody's got the same opportunity to be great in the United States. You know, if you're born here, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and become the next Jeff Bezos. And that's all bullshit. That's just all bullshit. That's not true. Not everyone in the United States is born into a situation that they get out of. You can look at studies on this. If you're born middle class, it takes a Herculean effort to get out of the middle class. If you're born poor, it takes an even more Herculean effort to get out of poverty and into the working class or from there into the middle class or the upper middle class. Statistically, you are not likely to be of a different class than your parents. Okay, so then where's the where's the social mobility? Like, where's the equality of opportunity? Like, you would um, you would think that if that shit was true, you would see people moving up and down the class structure. More often than not, you really just see people moving down the class structure. There are enough tokens moving up, though, that there are examples for people to point to. And I think that that is also by design, mm-hmm. that, you know, we have these tracks that you can take through athletics or entertainment or whatever. And then 0.0001% of people actually make it doing stuff like that. Right, but it, it's just enough. It's like throwing a dog a little bone or a scrap. It's just enough. A small percentage of you can can get become wealthy enough quickly that it motivates the rest of you to keep, like, keep on the daily grind with the in hopes that you too will one day... It's like the lottery, right? Yeah, and it's also so incredibly individualistic. You uh-huh. know, and I think that's by design too because if everyone's just caring about themselves and just doing what they can do and working within the structure, that is a way to keep them from organizing to right. have real power. Like, and I'm talking about working class people. A single working class person is not going to have power with their relationship with their employer. If you organize with everyone in your office or shop or wherever it is that you work. Unionize. Yeah, unionize. And then you say, hey, um, we know that you guys make a fuck ton more money than this. Maybe we get health care. Or maybe you give us PPE. Or maybe we do a little profit sharing. Like, I really do believe that the democratization of the workplace is what will save the world. Because the way that it's set right now is the fragmentation and monopoly of the marketplace by certain large entities is literally killing the planet, keeping people in poverty, retarding our growth as a, as a world. You know, people don't need to work 40 hours a week. You know, we've increased productivity so much that really, honestly, because of global warming and climate change, every human per- should probably not work more than 20 hours a week. 
because we don't need to just continually produce and produce and produce anymore. Like we've produced enough unless you want mega yachts and like huge mansions and shit like that, which I think are completely unnecessary. We can give everyone food. We can give everyone shelter right now, right now. But we choose not to because for certain people, it's better that they get all of that, that production of society and put it in their own pockets. You know, we as a world, as people have produced everyone, everyone, there are very few exceptions for people who don't produce. I'm talking about like people with disability, people with like whatever, those people aside, literally everyone is contributing to society. So why doesn't everyone enjoy the fruits of society? Why does all of that wealth, all of that productivity get funneled into the hands of so few people while we're watching 500,000 people on the street be homeless every day, while we're watching the same number of people declare bankruptcy every year due to medical debt? Medical debt? We are the only country in the world where that happens. And we're supposedly the greatest nation on earth? Shining city on the hill? Bullshit. Quit lying to yourselves. Yeah, really relaxing morning that we've got going here. It is. I mean, these things are important to talk about, so I'm glad we've talked about it. Yeah, so uh, I guess to wrap it up, I think that people, rich people getting COVID tests to go to parties is stupid when we have people who are wearing trash bags into nursing homes as PPE and all that sort of shit. And yet at the same time, it's... It totally makes sense for the United States because that's just the way things And it's disgusting. Are. It's absolutely immoral and disgusting. Right. And I feel like nobody's really talking about how rich folks are screwing this whole country up for literally everyone else. Like, we're seeing it now. Rich people just don't want to give up anything and 170,000 people are dead. Right. When I you're used to power and privilege, equality or redistribution feels like oppression and they're not going to let go of that power and privilege without force yeah now you're talking my language throw a brick at jeff bezos's house and i define force in a variety of ways but yeah like pressure force so the senate went on recess until september 8th and I saw Washington, D.C. has almost 500,000 families who will not be able to pay rent this month or mortgage or whatever. All of those people, if, the, if they're their representative or if, if, if a, any representatives are still in D.C., hell, any, anybody who's at home in their home district, if you're senator or house, house rep or whoever, well, not the house, they already passed something like three months ago. But if your senator is home and they're home on recess, go to their house. Stand outside. Have a sign. Like, do not let these people be comfortable. If they want to go out to a restaurant, scream at them. Do not let them sit and eat. There are waiters waiting on them wearing masks. And those people just went on recess? No, you do not get to live a privileged life right now. I'm sorry. 170,000 dead people and you think you can just go on vacation? I don't know. How, how much more craven can they be before people wake the fuck up? But yeah, so I encourage everyone to go to their senator's house and manually administer a COVID test to them every hour on the hour until they get back <laughs> into session and pass some meaningful reform for working people.